I was reading just last week, um, Unlocking the Bible. It's the most amazing book. After the Bible, it's my second favorite book because it unlocks the Bible. And he was talking about the Jewish people, and I've never been to a synagogue, I've never been to one of their services, but he says they will always preach the word first, and then they worship afterwards. So they build people's faith up, and then they worship. And he says that's standard for them. And so we're doing that this morning. Um, not that we want to be doing necessarily the way Jewish people do it, but we, as an eldership, like to say, God, what do you want to do? How do you want us to run things? And when God speaks, we just listen to him. What he says, we do, and uh, we're obedient. So I'm excited this morning about this word. Um, I felt God give me this word in July, and I was prepped, ready. I was about 95% ready to preach it. And on the Friday morning prayer, um, Rian said to me, Andrew has asked us to preach values, and all the congregations the same kind of thing. And so you just got to put your preach on hold. And I'm like, that's fine. Um, whenever you want me. If, if you don't ever want it, that's fine as well. But whenever. And that was in, <laughs> that was in July. And we didn't quite know what was coming in August up until now. And a lot has changed over that time. Uh, we had three funerals this week, um, which was quite unusual. Um, we had somebody trying to get hold of us on Friday, and they couldn't get hold of us, and we said, no, we were in a funeral. That same person was trying to get hold of us yesterday, couldn't get hold of us. We said, we were in another funeral. And this guy's thinking, how many people die in your life? But I'd prepared this preach, and uh, it wasn't there, obviously, for then. But God had told me I was going to preach it. And now, when I preach it now, having seen what's happened over the last month, I've realized why God actually wanted it now. And we always know God's timing is always perfect. Um, for lots of us, uh, we, we, we think God isn't on time. But God is... God's never late. No. God's not always on time, but He's never late. So this morning, I believe this is the time that he wanted this, this preach. And so I want to ask you a question. My question this morning, you can put it up, thanks. So the title of my preach is, Are You Enjoying Life? And a month ago when I'd asked that, it might have had a slightly different twist, but I realized why the preach was going to go. So my question is, are you enjoying life? And surely most people want to enjoy life. If I had to ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, are you enjoying life? And so 0 to 3 would be life sucks. I'm actually not enjoying life. Uh, 4 to 6 would be life's okay. I suppose I enjoy life. Sometimes I enjoy it, sometimes I don't. 7 to 10 will be life's awesome, and I'm really enjoying life. And if I think I had to ask that most people as they would in most questions they get asked, would be like, I suppose I'm about a five. I don't know. You know? And so, when we say enjoying life, what does that mean? And that's what I want to try and explain to you. As a Christian, what does it mean? Because it's totally different to someone who's in the world. But what is happiness and what is joy? 
And I want to try and speak about that today, because I want to speak on, on the joy of the Lord. But I want to first <clears throat> look at happiness. And so I want to take an example. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to give an example of, of something in my life that made me really happy. Don't worry, Renee, I've got water, thanks. But I'm a water warrior. I'm saving water. And so I, I was looking for an example in my life. When did I find some kind of a happiness? Some happiness of, of, uh, that I can remember that, man, at that time, I felt so happy. And it wasn't the day I met Mandy, because that's just on another level. But I wanted to look a, for a point where there was something that I worked towards that I could find some happiness. And when we talk about what's the difference between joy and happiness, and I should think, well, happy means you were, you were sort of happy, and then joy was maybe happiness on steroids. So it was just a, a happiness that was like, whoa, it's just like a... An amazing happiness was maybe joy. But let's have a look at it. And so I started off, um, I wanted to be a dentist. I never got into dentistry. So I went off to Stellenbosch to go and study. And that was uh, something uh, quite different to go to a place that there was no English. And I was from Zimbabwe. It was a, a culture shock. But anyway, I went off to Stellenbosch and I started doing a BSc to get in. And I had a bicycle, and I used to ride my bicycle around Stellenbosch. And then one day, I bought myself a set of motorbike gloves. That gave my mom one heck of a fright. And my mom and dad are sitting here. And she didn't like this idea that I could maybe get a motorbike one day. And so she gave me her car. <laughs> and that was my first car. It was a Fiat 128 Rally. You can't see it at a little uh, uh, bull bar on the front. Um, and it was an amazing little car. And it was my first car. And I was so excited that I didn't have to ride a bicycle all the time in Stellenbosch. And I got my Fiat. And that was called Fred. Fred the Fiat. And so I got my first car. And I was excited. And I think I was happy that day because I got a car. And then what happened was I took that car places that lots of four by fours in Clan William never went. And when I look now where I took that little car, no wonder it snapped in half. And Jacques, our, our mechanic, who's been working our cars, we were talking about it by, for 36 years, he said to me once, Kevin, this car is snapped. I snapped a Fiat 128 Rally. And so from there, we would more, most of us, we would upgrade. You're going to upgrade to maybe a nicer car. But God had other plans for me. And so along came... Red Fred. So the first one was then called White Fred, and we actually put him on bricks outside the house in, 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 in Sornstral because we could use it for parts for Red Fred. And Red Fred looked like he needed a bit of attention, but Red Fred went quite well. Um, I had four doors. I went to two doors, but they had lovely fluffy seats. And this is the car I met Mandy in. So she was obviously not after me for my car. But Red Fred was very faithful, and he, he kept me going um, right up into my final year. And in my final year, I had no student debt because I had got a scholarship, which was God's hand. And so then I did get an upgrade. And so I bought, with 
3,000, oh, sorry, Red Fred, I bought for 300 Rand. Then I went and upgrade. This was an upgrade. An Alpha Sud 1.5. Man, it was an awesome car. It sounded so nice. Paid 3,500 Rand. I remember my dad coming to have a look at it, and he took his key, and there was a little bit of rust. And he stuck his key in the rust, and he said, there's a bit of rust here. I'm like, I can see there's rust. Don't stick your key in the rust. I don't know if dad remembers that. But so I got my Alpha, and I was excited. I think I was pretty happy um, to get that. And we drove that for a while. We, we then got married. I graduated. I became a dentist. And I went to the locum up in Botswana. And while we were there, we actually used this, this other dentist, BMW 320. And I thought, man, that's a nice car. It was his car. And he drove to Cape Town in a little Nissan Bucky. And he left the BMW in Botswana. Uh, but anyway, we drove it, and I thought, man, I'd love to drive a BMW. And actually, as it worked out, my dad got a company car. He got a new company car, the, the, the new BMW 325, and he had his old one that he could buy from the company. And so I said to dad, can't I buy that from you? And so I bought the BMW 325. It wasn't the old shape then because it was the shape. 325, 2.5 liter engine. BD 8737A, we couldn't ever get fines because we had BMW, I mean, we had Botswana plates. And, then, and this was exciting. I remember driving out of Botswana on our way back to Cape Town. Man, we were in a BMW, and it was awesome. And we drove that um, for about four years. And then in the year that Lee was born, my accountant came in because I paid my dad cash for that, that car. He gave it to me at a good price. And he said to me, Kevin... You, you, you're making some, some good money in dentistry now. We need to get things that we can offset on tax. I think it's time you buy a new car. I'm like, imagine buying a new car, walking into a dealership and uh, picking a car and picking the color and putting a sunroof on it. And, and, and so I thought, man, imagine having a new car. Because I never owned a new car. The smell of the leather. And so we did that. We went into Auto Atlantic in town. We're building up to happiness here. <laughs> and so Mandy and I went in and we chose the color and we had everything put on it that we wanted. And we went in on a Friday afternoon and we picked up my BMW 325 712 Picked up this car. I had now achieved my dream to get a brand new BMW. And we got in that car and I drove it out. Man, and it was smelling like leather. And that Friday we went to Houdini on a leaders camp. And we drove it to Houdini on the open road. And man, the thing went well. And I felt, man, this has brought me happiness. And I drove it for about a week. And I remember getting in the car. And I was driving to work. And I just felt, wow, the happiness is gone. Ah, oh, it's a nice car, and it's, it's nice to drive. But that happiness that was there was fleeting. It did bring me a bit of happiness. It did. But it was gone, and it was a car, and I drove it. And it didn't make a big difference from driving Red Fred, actually. It was a car, and I drove to work, and it was a nice car, and I was blessed, and I appreciated it. But it was that happiness that was there, it was just like an emptiness. Because I'd got some possession. And that's what happiness is. And so people in the world will 
have happiness, and, and we will have moments of happiness, but it's not joy. I never had joy in that car. It wasn't joy. Okay, so I want to show you what's the difference then between happiness and joy, because that was fleeting happiness that dissipated. It was like when these guys vape. Have you seen these guys who vape? And they blow, and that whole car fills up, and they do it at Tiger Valley, and there's smoke everywhere, and it's like thick. And all of a sudden, it dissipates, and it's gone. And that's what it was with, with getting a car like that. Okay? It was nice, and it was happy, but it just disappeared. And are we supposed to live lives where we just have happiness like that? I don't think so. And so I want to have a look. What does the, what does the, the Oxford Dictionary say about... It wasn't supposed to do that. Tara, what did you do? Anyway. Tara helped me set this whole thing up. It went one line, one line at a time. Anyway, we did go through it last night. So let's have a look. What, what is it? It means having feelings of being lucky, of being fortunate, being contented um, with one's lot. It's based on other people, things, places, and events. Okay? And so it's really externally triggered. So happiness is going to come when something from the outside. Mandy can make me happy. Going on holiday, going on a cruise can make me happy. It's triggered by outside events. That's what happiness is. And it's temporary, and it disappears, as I talked about it, when the external trigger is taken away, or when things sometimes go wrong in our lives. Then that happiness. I mean, I can have a drive a lovely car, and then my best friend dies. Suddenly, I don't have happiness in that car anymore. And outside, something triggers and something changes it. But then let's have a look at joy. So joy would be defined by the dictionary as a vivid emotion of pleasure, gladness, things that cause delight. It's internally triggered when you make peace with who you are, why you are, and how you are. And I'm going to show you in the Bible, what does that mean in the Bible? It's something that lasts. It does not depend on outside factors because it's something that happens. The dictionary will tell you this. It's something that happens internally. And so as Christians, what is it? What is it that actually happens to us? And let's then get a biblical definition. It's a deep abiding contentment that never goes away through highs and lows, ups and downs, good times and bad times. A deep abiding contentment. That's something that's deep abiding. That's in. That's inside us. That's why it's internally triggered. And you know, you can have the flashy cars. You can have the big house. You can have your own business. You can have all the possessions. You can have jewelry. You can have holidays. But that's never going to bring you joy. And you can say to me, yeah, Kevin, but if I had a wife like Dave, man, then I'd have happiness. <laughs> He's so humble. That's what it is. If I could have a, a wife like Yurik, man, then I'd be happy. If, 
If I could have a business like James, I would be happy. If I could have my own business, no, Kevin, then I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. You'd still be miserable. It doesn't matter if you've got any of those things. You could get all those things. There are many people in the world who've got everything. Look at the film stars, people who make money, have got power, everything. They're still miserable. They're still miserable because God has created a vacuum, a God-shaped hole inside of us that only He can fill. And until it is filled, you will never find joy. So until you are born again, and until you are saved, you cannot experience joy. You might, they, they in the world, might ex, um, experience extreme happiness, but it's going to disappear. But what we get is we get Jesus coming inside of us. It's internally triggered. And when Jesus comes in, that's when we experience joy, that deep, abiding contentment, something that's right inside of us. And it comes from God, it's supernatural, and it's spiritual. And this is what the joy of our salvation is. Let's read here. Even though you haven't seen him with your own eyes, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with an unspeakable and glorious joy because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. That's why it is the joy of your salvation. Do you remember the day you got saved? The day you invited Jesus to become your Lord and Savior. That feeling that you had. That unspeakable, glorious joy that came in. Because suddenly that vacuum inside of you, something came and filled it that nothing else could ever fill. And that that you felt, and it is a feeling, we do have it, and we don't go on feelings, it's not about feelings. But when that thing comes in, and it's actually the Holy Spirit comes in, you get that deep abiding contentment. It's that peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a joy, and that's what joy is. And so you get joy that comes into your heart. And you can remember the day you got saved, you just felt like, man, something happened here. And it's supernatural, and it's spiritual. And so you're never going to experience joy outside of having Jesus. You can't. You can't because it comes from Jesus. And this is the joy of our salvation. When we talk about the joy of our salvation, that's what it is. The day you got saved is when Jesus came in and you got that joy. And God promises his joy when we have a relationship with him. Let's look at John 16, 24. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. The Bible talks many places where God says, and your joy will be complete. That's what God desires for us, is complete joy. It's not a partial little bit of joy. He wants complete joy. And there are many places that it talks about having a complete joy. Not settling for happiness. Not settling for partial joy. Not settling for joy some of the time. 
This should be an abiding joy that is with us always. All right? So he doesn't want a partial joy, a momentary joy, a glimpse of joy. He wants a life of joy. That's what complete joy means. What Jesus is saying is he wants us to have complete joy, a joy that never fades, a sweet, calm delight in our hearts, no matter what life throws at us. And so you say, I say to myself, and so here we've had three people in our congregation pass away. My best friend, Sean, passes away. And have I mourned? I have. Have I cried? I have. But even when I'm feeling grief, and even when I'm mourning, and even when I get tears like this now, there is still inside me the joy of my salvation. And you say, how can you have the two together, Kevin? I don't know. It's supernatural. It's something that God says we can have. We can have complete joy even when there's ups and there's downs, highs and lows. Jesus is still the same. Jesus inside me is still the same. The joy is still there. And so I don't dwell on the morning. And it's not a bad thing to mourn. It's not a bad thing to have emotions of, of things like this. But I don't dwell on that. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. That is his strength that's getting Varushka through what's, what's, what's gone down, through the families of Desiree and Clive. It's the joy of the Lord inside of us. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. It doesn't say the Lord strengthened David. Big difference. David strengthened himself in the Lord. David must have done something. It doesn't say what he did, but David did something to strengthen himself in the Lord when he was going through tough times. I think what he did is he lifted his eyes from the situation, he looked to God, and he said, God, you are my source. I look to you. I worship you. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to trust you. And so doing that, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And that's where we have got a, where, the joy that's there. And when it starts diminishing, we've got to say, God, and I'm going to talk a little bit of it now, how do we do that? Is it easy? I don't think it is always easy. But we've got to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the joy is there. When you got saved, God gave you complete joy. Now I know we have someone called the devil who knows how powerful joy is. He knows the joy of your salvation. And he'll try and come and steal that joy. All right. And so David knew that. And David strengthened himself in the Lord. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to strengthen ourselves. And so I do mourn, and I do miss Sean, but I also know Sean had the joy of the Lord. Join, uh, Sean had the joy of his salvation. 
And man, he's basking now in that, in that joy. He's experiencing the complete joy, the full joy of what we, what we experience here, even if it's the fullness of joy that I've, that I've ever felt. I think it's going to be a million times more when we get to heaven. And that's where we, what, what Sean, Desiree, Clive are experiencing now, the joy of the Lord. But we are here, and we've got to know, God, your joy is here. And so as we have the ups and downs of life, we've got to get to a point and, and, and understand that God is our joy. He is our joy. And he's always the same. And he wants it to be complete. And so we've got to say, Lord, I want your joy. And so how, how do we really do that? Well, it says there, you can ask. You can ask. Romans fourteen seventeen. There we go. The kingdom of God is not a matter of food and drink, such physical things, right? But of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what is it saying there? Through righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is our right standing with God through our faith in Jesus. Okay, so that's what righteousness is. So our right standing with God through faith, through faith in Jesus gives us peace and joy by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the one that will give us the peace, the joy that we need. And so it's the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to leave him because you need him as your comforter, as your counselor. And so it's by the Holy Spirit that we, 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 we can have joy. And it's a gift of God. And it's not about being self-centered and running after happiness. It's not. And I've heard it preached from our pulpits. It's, people think that it's just about being happy. And it's not. But it's about being joyful. Absolutely. God wants us to be joyful. Yes, he does. And the word... Joy in Greek is closely related to the word free gift or grace. And so it's a gift. There's nothing you can earn. There's nothing you can do to get more joy by doing things for, for God. I think there are ways we can position ourselves with God and spend time with God that, that, that we can experience joy. Um, but we can't earn it. And so... Let me ask you again the question. And there you see the question now changed a little bit. Because it's, are you enjoying life? And so enjoying means, enjoy the word means to enter into joy. So that would then mean, are you entering into joy in your life? A bit different from what the world would look at the thing as, like, are you enjoying life? Is life enjoyable? No. How much joy have you got in your life? Is your joy dependent upon your circumstances? When something happens to you, like Mandy got breast cancer with us, did my joy diminish? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. In fact, this whole time, 
this last week that's gone by and things that have happened, I've found that actually my relationship with God has got stronger. I felt I love God more. I've pushed in with, with God more. I felt it's made me appreciate Mandy more, the kids more, my mom and dad more. It's, it's made my, my love for God increase. You know what? Sean would only be too happy if he says, man, yes. And the devil will be going, no, that wasn't my plan. My plan was I was trying to destroy their faith. Take three people out after having a prayer meeting like we did and fasting. We prayed and we fasted on that Monday. That day, Desiree dies. Two days later, Sean. Two days later, Clive. Where is your faith now, the devil would say. What happened to your faith? And you know what God said to me? What pleases me, Kevin? God. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And God says, how much faith was shown when you guys all got together, we fasted and we prayed. Man, we showed faith, we showed unity, we came together. And I felt God say, I looked down upon it and it pleased my heart. And so we pleased God because that's what pleases God is faith. And so he was pleased. Did the outcome come the way we wanted it? No. But God says, I was pleased with you. And that's what we want to do. We want to please God with our lives. Surely that's, that's what we want to do as Christians. I want to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so when he saw faith like that, he was pleased with, with how we, we reacted and how we trusted and how we, 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 we pushed in with God. And now at this time, exactly the same. It's faith. God wants to see faith rising inside of us. God, it didn't go the way, but still we have joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so joy means, to enjoy means to enter into joy. And I felt there's two things that will try and diminish joy. You can do a whole preach on, on joy stealers. And, but I just felt sin and condemnation are two things that will come and try and steal, steal your joy. And so this morning, if you found that your joy has maybe just diminished a bit through this or you find, man, sometimes I feel like I have joy, and then other times when things go badly, I find my, my joy does dissipate. And it, it happens to us. So what do we do then? Well, to me, you come to God. You say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I help me with my faith. Give me faith, please. Holy Spirit, come and give me faith. Forgive me, God. And you ask him for joy. Joy, God, I'm asking you to come and complete the joy of my salvation. Bring it back. Restore it to me. I want complete joy. And it's supernatural. It's just something you can't describe it. It's internally triggered. It's, it's in your spirit. And in your spirit, man, that joy just wells up. That you can be going through a terrible time. And yet you've still got a knowing that you know that you know Jesus saved you. That Jesus saved Sean, Desiree, and Clive. And we know where they are. And out of that joy wells up. And it's God, you're my strength. I'll get through this. We'll get through this. Because 
of your joy. And so we ask God, God, help me. And God does. In the last scripture, John 15, it says, If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my, my joy may be in you and that your love may be complete. Again, complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And so I believe it's out of obedience. What have we been preaching this whole year? Our theme has been Matthew 22, love God, love people. That's what that, that scripture is saying. Love God out of devotion. As we are devoted, as we're loving God, as we push in with God, your joy will be complete. And as we love people, our joy will be complete. And so this is exactly what we've been preaching. The whole year has been our theme. As so God is saying again, you want your joy to be complete? There we go. John 15. Love God. Push in with God. Love Him with, 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 all, your, with all your might. And you love people. And God says that joy will just well up inside you. It'll become your strength. That it doesn't matter what happens in our lives. God is the one who gives us that joy. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that all things are found in you. Lord, and you say you want to give us abundant life. You want us to have the joy that is, in, that is complete, the complete joy of God. And we know, God, this, this world is something that, that, that tries to squeeze the joy out of us. But you're a big God. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that we have you. And we trust you, Holy Spirit. And so even as every eye is, is closed here today, Maybe you heard me talking about this thing, joy, and I said, you can't have joy until you, you're born again, until you're saved, until you've given your life over to Jesus and ask God to come into your life and take control. And maybe you hear this, the, this morning, and you've never done that. You're saying, Kevin, I want to experience the joy of the Lord. Then I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If anyone is here and you'd like to just show me, I want you to slip your hand up. Just say, Kevin, I've never actually asked Jesus, to come into my life, to have the joy of the Lord. If there's anyone here this morning, we always want to give an opportunity. Always. Thank you, God. And then I just felt that sometimes the joy will wane. And, and sometimes our joy isn't complete. And so I just wanted to pray for, for people. If you felt that, that your joy isn't what it was at your salvation, you know, and you feel, ah, oh, Kevin, what you're preaching about is what I really, I really want. Then as I said, we just got to ask. We just got to ask. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come and restore the joy of the Lord to me. And so I want to pray for you. If you feel that you're, you just slip your hand up. Just show me. We're going to pray for you. Pray for, for the joy of the Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you. This is not an indication to me. This is an indication 
to, to God. And so these hands all over the place, awesome. Lord, I thank you for each and every person here this morning. We thank you that you love each and every one. You know every person. And as people have put their hands up, Lord, I pray specifically for those people. Lord, as they ask, all we've got to do is come to you and ask. And as they've put their hand up and they've asked this morning, I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're going to come and fill them. Even as we go into worship now, you're going to come, fill them with your presence. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that that joy is going to bubble up inside from the deepest part of their spirit, that your joy would come and well up, overcome, an overcoming joy, something that just surpasses all our understanding. A peace will come to know that you are in control. You are the one that we look to. You are what it's all about. And so Jesus, it's all about you this morning. I thank you as we worship you now that you're going to come with your presence. We're going to love you, God. We want you to be glorified here. So we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. I trust you, Holy Spirit, now to come. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. We love your presence. We love your presence. We love you, Holy Spirit. Oh, come and touch your people this morning. Come and renew that joy.